to the beginning of season three of Idiopod with TJ Stone and Destiny Love. Destiny, what are we talking about today? Yes, we are talking about all the beautiful, deep things that God is doing on the inside of us. So, of course, we have been in 10 weeks of this beautiful spiritual journey going through the Ignatian exercises. And I would love to hear. Um, just what that's been like for you. And I know people out there are like, what is that? Um, but we're in a training program right now for to be spiritual directors. So we we're go through our... Finished. Almost got that paper. Hello, May 2022. Um, so it is so much about our own work. Um as we journey with others and how and what God is doing in their lives as well. So from this past week, TJ, I was wondering like what stood out to you? Of course we go through all these exercises, but I, I know if it's anything like my experience, there's some themes that just stand out and it feels like a really clear message um, that you're supposed to be receiving so what is what has that been for you? Yes. Um, well, I actually took a few notes that, that might be cool to just kind of mm-hmm. share here. Because uh, there was a couple days that was particularly uh, impactful. Uh, I cannot wait. Like, I, I have my journal right here as well. I can't wait to see, like, what the idiosynchronicity synchronicity so i remember <laughs> for sure day two and day four was the day that really stood out for me okay uh and day two said like the 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 thing to kind of focus on uh was consider has your heart burned these 10 weeks and what desires stir in your heart now which is very very open um And I said, I think God has specifically been giving me instruction and revelation all throughout this new year and really this entire two-year program. Uh, It's been a process of healing, understanding, and stepping into a new way of envisioning the world and everyone in it, as well as Mm -hmm. my place and part in it. It's been a game changer for me, honestly. Uh, What God has shown me more recently is that I had to go through this process and the long process that even led up to taking this class to do the inner work so that mm. I can be the person I need to be to do the outer work I'm meant to do. Whoa, For that you. is like a Oprah calls it, what did she say, a tweetable moment? That's tweetable moment, yeah. That's huge. Yeah, I don't tweet, but. Uh, <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I, I had to start a Twitter once for a business class like, over 10 years ago and i think it got taken over by viagra affiliate marketing oh (laughs) interesting (laughs) luckily i didn't have a whole lot of friends on there (laughs) i love that though that the inner work has to be done in order um for you to do the outer work love it yeah because for years i chased doing the outer work i kind of got it backwards i felt you know called to do to do without ever seeing or acknowledging much of my inner self and you know Mm. truthfully 
had I met most of my goals while I was chasing the external work that I desired to do, I would not have been the person I needed to be inside to be able to handle mm. what achieving those things would even mean. Oh, that's so good. So success has been totally reframed for me. Uh, I'm Hello. I'm already successful. I'm worthy. I'm all the things I need to be already. So it's just mm. a total game shift from a scarcity mindset to a mindset of abundance. Oh, I love it. And I know it is not by chance that just this morning, what I wrote in my journal was that I desire to be all that you created me to be. Mm. I want to have an unshakable knowing of who I am. And then I live from that place each and every day. That is, that is, that was where my sentences. Wow. Whoa. That's wonderful. Yeah. We could just so live you, there always. That would be great. I know. It's so many things that just, you know, cause us to question who we are, what we carry, what our value is. So from this week, it stood out to me um, in the stories, I think from Mark and it may have been Mark. I can't remember. But anyway, there were people that were that encountered Jesus that did not know who he was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And that just resonated so loud. And it has stuck with me this entire week, just how they were right there with Jesus. They had spent time with him. These were not people that did not know him. They knew him, his disciples. And then it was like Mary Magdalene. And they had spent time with him and did not know who he was. Um, so it's just been really, really empowering for me to, to know who I am, know what it is that I carry, and then to not be not allow other people to undervalue me. Mm. I think that, I think there's like a huge lesson that I'm supposed to be learning there. I resonate with that for sure. I I don't even know where that comes from, but yeah. I think what I've been finding and it kind of goes with what I just was saying was, I think I have undervalued myself probably the most of all Mm. and I don't know where that comes from because I you know as a younger man I had it was totally a manufactured self of a sense of you know self-confidence and self Uh but it was like an overcorrection from what wasn't there you know and the more I stripped that away somehow it kind of flipped the other way to where I was right I'm not worthy and I, I need to be humble. I need to be healthy. Yes. Which is true. But I also need to know that I've been designed and wonderfully made to do great things. I just don't always yes. know what those things are. <laughs> and same here. It's like it's went from one end to the other. And now I'm coming to more of a balanced approach. And yeah. one thing. I know that I was learning, um, of course, always studying humility, but being able to see yourself correctly is, is humility. 
right? Understanding what your gifts are, understanding what you're really good at, under, like having that knowing is also being humble. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, what I find is what I love about these practices, the, the stuff that we've kind of learned over the course of the last two years in our spiritual direction classes you know, what has been a game changer for me has been just sitting with God, with myself, just in quiet, silent meditation and just spending mm-hmm. time. And what I find is, you know, the more time I spend just alone with myself, I'm, I'm never alone. I'm always with God. Right. Time with myself and time with God is the same time. Mm-hmm. And what he's showing me in these these moments when I just let myself be without any, you know, prescribed thing I have to be doing during that time is Uh revealing all these things about myself. And it's like from an external revelation. It's, it doesn't feel like it's coming internally from TJ. And it's like being able to see myself from, from God's perspective a little bit. I am more valued than I often want to value myself and then if if all these things are true then how am I going to live into that and what is that going to mean for my actions going forward in my life right right and so even just this week I feel like I've been faced with um some decisions to make in business, right? So it's like, if you charge this for service and somebody doesn't want to pay that, they want you to charge less, you know? Um, Of course, I'm an entrepreneur, guys. I have a private practice. So that is my frame of reference. Or even if you're, if it's a salary, you know, if you, if you say, hey, this is the salary that I want, then somebody else, you know, it's like they want to come back and just, um, what is it called? Lowball. Lowball. That that has been something that has just not sat well with me this week. So I know I have a desire to always give or pay more than like what a person says is their fee that's been one of my things I want to be more intentional with because it doesn't feel good to be lowballed. Yeah. Yeah. Private practice when you're making your living, giving mental health services that is life-changing to people is not a flea market. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay in certain contexts to to lowball, but you know, not, not when you're doing what you do. Right. And this is with, you know, so of course it's one thing with people who do not have the ability to pay. My heart goes out, right? And I love pro bono work, but this is with more of a a larger organization who, you know, who may have the funds, but maybe just do not want to allocate them in this way. Um, And I just had to come to a, to a place and just say, well, that's okay. That's your choice. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to, um, like lower my rate. Yeah. Don't undervalue yourself because they undervalue your services. Right. 
Right. People show you what they value by where they put their resources, their time, their energy, and their money. Isn't that something? Yeah. And one thing that I was even sharing um, in a letter that I wrote um, to in the partnership was how in the work that we do, especially in mental health and therapy, the level of investment also is a good indicator of indicator of readiness, right? So when somebody is ready, then the the level of investment is just different. They show up differently. But of course, you know that a clinician is not going to work harder than the client. And I see this in every area of life. Like I just, we just can't, it just doesn't work well that way. It creates lots of contention instead of alignment. Yeah. So how have you seen just what you, this takeaway this week, how have you seen it in your own life? Well, I've, I've, I've seen it give me permission to put away so many of my limiting beliefs. I, I don't even think I realized I had so many. I mean, I've known at different times in my life that, you know, I, I did have certain limiting beliefs that I thought I'd put aside and kind of conquered mm-hmm. and, you know, surpassed whatever those lines I put on myself were, but I didn't realize how many I still had. And, and I think God's still revealing those to me. I'm sure there's still plenty more, but specifically the ones around like, you know, I'll only ever be able to make this amount of money or I'll never right. make as much as my wife. As long as I'm saying that and I'm living into it, that's going to be true. Mm, that's so but, good. But then I see all these people that are making money. They're being entrepreneurs. They're living out their callings that are even doing side hustles, right? Making money online, doing different uh-huh. things. And, you know, I'm looking at them and I'm, I'm trying to stay humble. I'm trying to be like, but I'm like, I don't feel like they're any better or smarter or more capable than me. Uh-huh. So what, what, and then what's the barrier there? And, and one thing that you just shared that stands out to me is this idea of trying to stay humble. You know, that's been something that I have challenged um, for a while now. Cause I see it really, I see it just misused, especially in like the church world. Um, So if you are confident, if you know what your gifts are, you know what your value is, you stand on that, that can be, that can be looked at as pride, being prideful. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, this word, this idea of humility can be thrown around in an effort to, um, to oppress. Yeah. Well, well, it's, it's been weaponized to, to make people feel like they're just a piece of crap without God and the church and doing X, Y, and Z. And it's just, it's just another systemic way of control, controlling people to not, and limiting people to not step into the, the, their fullness of their giftings and who God has created them to be. Yes. And I am over it. I do not like it. It bothers me in a very, very deep level. (laughs) It is one thing that gets me fired up. You know, I'll, 
I could be sitting across from somebody and, you know, it's, it's really hard to see it and it's been hard to experience it as well. And, um, it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that I was living into that as much as I was. Um, I don't even think it was, you know, a lot of external factors. Like I'm not usually good with people telling me a certain way to be, I'll naturally buck up against that or challenge it or, you know, really put the fire to it to see if it makes sense or not. Uh-huh. But I won't do that to the things I said, I tell myself, because I just naturally believe whatever lies I tell myself based on nothing. Hmm. And you know, you're, you're speaking to a counselor. So like, I, <laughs> you're speaking to my, uh, to a therapist and I'm putting this, this therapist hat on. And this is why therapy is so helpful because we're always lying to ourselves. And sometimes we don't even know it. Yeah. Like we don't even know it. And it's helpful just to have somebody to um, to be able to see that and to know to even look for that. Yeah, and I mean, yes. I'm sure there's lots of factors and and why I've I've created this vision for myself. But it's like I I give myself enough leeway to achieve a certain amount of success or striving or whatever. Uh huh. But. I never just give myself the free reign. Uh, I'll give myself free reign to think about stuff, but not free reign to actually take action. You know. Now that's interesting. Yeah. That I is. I don't know if that's. Uh, there's there's obviously some fear there that I haven't totally identified. I don't know if it's a fear of. You know, what if I try and it all goes wrong? I think there's mm-hmm. a, there's a, there's definitely an element in my marriage now because my wife, uh, who is a, uh, I don't like to label people anymore, especially uh, by Enneagram numbers, but I mean, okay. But if you're going to go with primary, uh, how we present, I primarily present as a seven with my energy first, which is the enthusiast, right? Okay. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And my wife primarily presents as the Enneagram six, which is, you know, more fearful based, very calculating. When, when she makes a decision, it's usually by internal committee of running through 10 scenarios and already seeing the worst that can happen and already mentally and emotionally preparing herself for all of that so I I think what a balance though like that you guys are together yeah and I don't know if I'm if I because that anchors me in some ways but Uh some some ways I give too too much attention to kind of I have a tendency towards codependency from from my family of origin and just the way I was raised. I, I know that. And I think sometimes I go more that way than just letting her groundedness anchor me. Sometimes I pre-think how she's going to yes. respond to something and then just don't even try. Certainly. Absolutely. Because I don't think she's going to respond well to it. So why, 
Why even go there? I think sometimes I let that limit my decisions. Yeah, I was just telling somebody this past week how marriage is like, oh, it's one, it's so, so tricky. The oneness while also being individuals, you know, it's it's yeah. it's challenging. I so see it um in my relationship as well. But I want like one of the things that has been resounding this week is to be who I was created to be in my fullness. And what does that mean to you right now? Oh, oh goodness. I even wrote down some things like literally, was it yesterday, Thursday, our class? Um, who are, I was asking, who am I? <laughs> who am I? And some things that just came up were inquisitive, curious, loving, generous, forgiving. Um, and of course, you know, I'm adventurous and I love to build. Um, so those are some, some of my God qualities, I'll say. I, I can affirm those. Well, thank you. And I'm trying to just stand in that, you know, and not, not, um, not be in a box, not, not allow anything, whether it be myself, um, any external pressures, societal things to box me in. Yeah. Do you feel boxed in right now? Um, I don't. I don't. I, um, so sometimes, so for example, I'll be asked to, um, to speak at an event. And somebody like this just happened yesterday. So what is your title? Uh, things like that. I, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, so sometimes titles do feel very limiting. Yeah. So I'll have a hard time. I may have to take a day just to sit with it. What's appropriate for that setting, that context, you know, that type of thing. Um, but no, I work. I work for myself. Um, I'm in I'm in business. My husband is an entrepreneur. We are very flexible and open. And so I feel like we have the freedom that we have desired for for a very long time. That's great. Yeah. It's a hustle though. And taxes it's it's a hustle. It can be a hassle at times, I guess. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Uh, but with with that freedom, you know, it's like with great power comes great responsibility. With freedom comes a lot of stuff you got to do to to earn that freedom, I guess, too. Right? You got to do your own taxes and keep up with your own books and all all the things that if you work for an organization you wouldn't have to be as on top of so that's that's something i've had to learn uh-huh i'm a i'm an independent contractor right now i'm a 1099 so i have to do my kind of pre-figure up my taxes and take yes. out a different bucket as the check comes in you know that's something i've never had to do before it's, it's a discipline i've had to learn uh-huh and I'm still learning. We learn every day. 
Um, but right now it feels way more um, free than I have in the past working within certain organizations or guidelines or whatever. So we'll see. And we know that seasons change, right? Yeah. This is where we're called to for now. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what will happen in the next season? I know, right? I'm, I'm actually getting excited for the next season because I feel like God, at least for me, is kind of like sowing all kinds of little seeds. And I don't know what's going to take root. I don't know how certain things are going to connect. But it's like uh-huh. I, I start, I'm starting to see... Uh, like the 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 bare bones of some structure kind of being laid out like quilts and i don't know how this patchwork's gonna come together you know mm-hmm. but i'm excited to be active in the process and not just waiting to watch it all unfold because i know even if i do things that aren't going to ultimately be the thing if there even is a the thing right exactly god's, god's gonna use it and he's gonna patch it all together because i've I've seen him do it time and time again. And I know like literally not- everything, everything, yeah. all of it, like nothing is lost. And that to me in itself is just so freeing. Like just to know that it's no, you can't lose. All right. So you can go through some experiences. Yes, it can be hard. Yes, it may have been, you know, a detour, but like, you're going to be rerouted. You've learned something from the experience. You're you're walking away with something. That's how I always look at look at things. And there's purpose in all of it. I mean, we've my wife and I've just walked through probably the the definitely the toughest two months of our married life, but mm-hmm. probably two of the toughest months of our individual lives too. Um, and yet right now, because of all the work I've been doing, because of the, the, the charge I've felt this year to do more of the internal work, um, I feel more spiritually centered and able to handle it than I've ever been. Mm. And that is a gift from God that has nothing to do with TJ. It's, it's, if it's anything to do with me, it's just the intentionally making the time to be with God, to hear from God, and to drown out the TJ internal noise. Mm-hmm. Often is just telling lies to myself with no helpful end, end game in mind. Mm. So good. I'm so, I'm excited as well. I, I am do, excited I have, as well. I do have some interesting kind of little uh, talking about those little seeds. Can we go there? Do we want to talk? Yes, about please. Because, uh, and then this just goes to what I was just saying. It's like literally nothing good in my life is something that I was the cause of. It was all in spite of me and my bad decisions. Yes. <laughs> Typically. It, it was God redeeming something or God totally showing a different path. I had no idea it was there. And he's continuing to do that as he does. It's like, I mean, us right now talking on this podcast, maybe in a part of your your uh, board for, for your 
counseling center you're starting. And I know that's, you know, a, a touch and go process. It's hard to start. In, <laughs> but, you know, I, I get to, to cheer you on from, from the sidelines and right. we get to be a part of what each other's doing. Uh, just this relationship that we've formed um, has been a blessing to, to me in my life. And, you know, if that was, if that was the majority of what I got out of this class, I would say that that was a win. It was worth the, uh, the time and effort, but on top of that, to, to get all these tools that, that, that have internally changed me as a person, I'm like, Uh my goodness, I can't sing the praises of sustainable faith spiritual direction program enough. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so, 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 so grateful. And even in the, Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. No, no, you go ahead. I got, I got another direction. I'm going. Well, this was a different direction. So in this process of being who you are, right. Being who you are just this morning, I began to just dive into the Ethiopian. I think it's the Ethiopian Christian church. Okay. And I, one in one of our classes, you probably didn't even realize it, but you guys were talking about the church and the origin, and so much of that stuff goes over my head. And um, I'm curious, I'm interested in all of it. So I began to like just go into because I've always wanted to to study about the first church that was founded in Ethiopia. And of course, it's just sent me in so many different directions. TJ will probably talk about this off air, but just um, people of color, right? And race and race relations in the church and religion and all of that stuff. And it has just been so interesting just to kind of, to dig a little bit deeper and just to see how much to Ethiopia? Because is that like part of your heritage in Ethiopia or why Ethiopia, I guess? Um, Why Ethiopia? I don't, I don't know about why, but I know when you just look into church history and um, of course, you know how there just been so many images, um, but most of them don't include people of color. Even so there's Jesus was a person of color, right? Which is so interesting. So it, I just began to trace back. So I don't know why Ethiopia. Um, has been standing out to me, but, but even in the the research that I've just began on today, and we may want to have a whole nother episode about this. Um, it makes sense because after, after Jesus, um, after Jesus died, there was like a, an, an experience within a year or two that that involved an Ethiopian eunuch 
So that's been really, really interesting. So it just shows how early, um, how early people of color were in the picture, but they, they were not pictured, which is so something. Yeah, I believe there are a few pretty key figures in the Bible that that would have been of African descent that, that is just not it's not taught with a lens on that in non-black churches, I would say. No, it's not. And then you just look at how much of that, you know, just takes precedence here in the United States and so it makes sense while we're still having all these race relation conversations, so much needed, I'll say. Um, but then how there's a whitewashing of history oh. that just continues. And but then in some in some spaces, we want to act as if it's not, which is something. Even when you mentioned the Anglican thing, TJ, I was like. Anglo-Saxon and Anglican that really began to get my wheels turning like you know yeah I'm sure you never maybe you didn't even mean to make that connection but it did and I was like what Uh, so yeah heard heard about the Anglican church before I've heard about the Anglican church but I have never when I've heard about the Anglican church never ever did Anglo-Saxon come to my mind which was like destiny. How did you not make that connection? <laughs> it is a fancy term for white people. White Western. Yes, it is. Western, typically European descent people. Yes. So there is, we have to go into that space, but let me do a little bit more of my, my studies. That's a whole episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm all It is a that. whole episode. But two things that I am like where I'm going to begin is, of course, um, I love Bible. I love, love, love the Bible. I love church history. Um, So Moses marrying a black woman or a woman of color and then Solomon marrying a woman of color. I am going to follow those threads a little bit. Can't wait to see. Solomon, what comes from it? Solomon had a lot of wives of color. He did. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of it. He did. He did. He did. He did. So, yeah. Knowing who you are is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, one of the things that I'm very excited about, um, there's a friend of mine who uh, I was in grad school with when I was getting my uh, master's of education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she went on to go and get her PhD. I didn't. I finished up and then had to move because um, my wife's job took us out of state for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was one of the people, she was already, so I, I kind of went backwards with the education thing. I went and get, I, I was building off of a business degree and Okay. wasn't teaching when I was going and getting my master's. So most of the people that were going and getting their master's had already been teaching for years and they were going so they could 
have the degree to, to get into administrative roles and that kind of thing. I was kind of doing it backwards with a lens towards knowing I would eventually probably fit better in an administrative kind of education role, but knew I'd probably have to teach before I would earn my earn my keep that way, so to speak. Okay. Uh, but, you know, she was one of the people that I had kind of earmarked as like, okay, I'm going to follow her. She, she knows what she's doing. She, she come from a history of working through different, pretty much about every major charter school that that's in Nashville. She's had some workings with, and, uh, my first job was, uh, starting, uh, being a founding teacher at a charter school that was planting from Nashville into Jackson, Mississippi. It was the second one they planted uh, from a network of schools that started in Nashville. Oh, wow. Uh, so we have that kind of as our background. Anyway, uh, she uh, has, apparently there's a incubator system that, that works to develop charter schools in Nashville. And she mm -hmm. has become a fellow of this program. And with a lens towards launching a, uh, a new charter school that would eventually grow to be a K through 12 school, starting with like a kindergarten, first grade at first, and then building as, as we go. Uh -huh. um, but with a lens towards starting in August or so of 2024, and she's just putting together her team and she was just doing some informational meetings about it. And so I reconnected, had coffee with her and was all down with, with what she's wanting to do. Yes. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I, I had a meeting with, with her uh, kind of director at the, at the incubator. Okay. That she's working with to, to kind of launch this. And uh, I got in on the co-design team. We just had our first meeting a few days ago. Uh, it's kind of like a pre-board of directors because we're going to all through this year. And then probably most of us will eventually be on, on a board or working directly in the school in some way. I don't know what my role will be or if I'm just on the co-design team. So I'll volunteer. Um uh, but there's this good, so good sounds people. like you. Well, I, I love the dreaming phase and they're in the dreaming phase. I mean, they uh -huh. relatively know the community they want to serve. Um, uh, but it's like nothing's off the table right now. So it's like my creative juices are going. Yes. I'm, I'm stepping into my fullness. I'm, it's, I'm charged right now with finding us a major event in June that we can be a part of. Uh, we're going to start doing major in-person quarterly promotional events and then pop up nice. events and, uh, you know, social media. Watch my Facebook because I'm eventually going to put out a petition that you don't have to even be in our state to sign. We got to get so many signatures, that kind of stuff, and uh, get a few letters of recommendation and there's like a form letter. So I'm going to be doing some social media posts about that. It's called Invictus. Oh, I love it. You know why it's called Invictus? No. Oh, there's a famous poem that I really like called Invictus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I do know the poem. Yeah. Well, the, uh, Nelson Mandela quoted all the time. Yes. Famous speeches. Uh, so that's where it comes from. Uh, 
So I love the poem. I love, you know, me too. Uh, It's definitely going to be a school that's going to to serve underserved populations, people of color. Uh, My friend, uh, who's the founder, is African American, and and she's one of these rare unicorns who actually was born and raised in the Nashville public school system. Interesting. Which is just has had so many challenges i know all public school systems have had challenges but specifically the metro nashville public school system the reason there have been so many charter schools trying to launch and private schools and stuff is is in reaction to just the brokenness of our Mm -hmm. system and uh, we're just going to try and do things a little differently from all the mistakes we've learned from all the places that we've worked i love it that's how systems continue to get better. We have to be honest about the mistakes and then we have to be courageous enough to begin to do something about it. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm working towards my, my next future job in two years or if I'm just meant to be on the sidelines helping in this building phase to, to get it up and going because we still got to get a property. Yeah. You know, we got to get more financial backing. But I so see this being right up your alley. It is like, yes, it's so who you are. That's exciting. And it's like, okay, maybe I didn't get that degree for nothing. You know, (laughs) it's like, as much as I have a heart for kids and and I was a pretty good teacher, like all the kids liked me, Mm -hmm. but just teach, just specifically teaching a room full of 35 kids trying to insert knowledge into their brains against their will I can do it I can do it pretty good when I when I intentionally creatively lesson plan but I I found I was limiting some of my giftings and potential just being in the classroom piece absolutely I do I feel like the job that I stepped into the most fullness of myself was when I just fell into being headmaster of this Christian school yes there was nobody else who could step up and do it at the time and uh I've really wrestled the last couple years of being like well is it was that just the peak of what I was meant to do with that all that time and education and, and training Mm-mm. and I, not I, at all I think no <laughs> I think no is the answer and I think uh, maybe this Invictus school might might have have uh, some of that answer too oh I cannot wait to see how that unfolds yeah. cannot wait to see how that unfolds so I feel like for sure I feel like my takeaway from this conversation, and I would love to hear yours as well, is just not to limit, um, not to limit ourselves. Like literally we are, we have been created outside of a box, but of course, part of our human experience is, you know, trying to fit in these boxes and make sense of things. Um, But I just feel empowered even after our talk today to be, to be all that I am, you know, and to do that unapologetically and to do that even in the face of challenges or external, any external factors and voices that are not in line with the voice of God. 
which gives me permission every single day to be um, who I am in my fullness. Hmm. So I'm excited. I I feel the same way. I just, and I was having a a lunch with a friend of mine uh, yesterday and I was just saying, you know, it, it just feels good to know that it's not all up to me. Hello. <laughs> to make it all right. And uh, thank God, because I usually mess things up. So I'm just yes. enjoying uh, being an active co-pilot participant with what God's doing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just hands off the wheel. I got the hand uh-huh. on the wheel, but so does he. And, and learning to discern where he's steering and steer with him is is becoming just it's, it's a game changer for how i view life i'm i'm not worried about what's coming even if it's uh, difficult and i'm yes. not going to spend my life worrying and in fear of, of difficult things coming because i know with god i can get through it and it's gonna shape me to be who i need to be on the other side of it and uh mm. I love I that. Good, good stuff up ahead. I, and I'm excited for the future. Yay. So in many of my sessions, TJ, I, and I like to ask myself this. So you came, you began our conversation today, feeling, fill in the blank, and you are leaving feeling. And I'm, and I'll start. Okay. I came in feeling very, very, I was tired. I was in a very restful place. It's been rainy, but I am leaving feeling energized. I feel really excited. And even as I look out the window, like the sun is coming out. So (laughs) yeah, me too. What about you? Well, I entered uh, this conversation feeling a little flustered because it took us about 35 minutes to figure out how to record and actually have our voices come across and the technology right. and Wi-Fi is always frustrating. I was also tired. I didn't get as much sleep as I like to get because I was up working on a project last night. And I'm in an intentionally imposed routine right now where I'm trying to be in bed by midnight and wake up <laughs> at six every morning. So I okay. do the helpful things for me to start my day, which three days a week is the gym and today was gym day. But I also nice. had to take my daughter to her first day of her first official job orientation, which was at eight o'clock in the morning on the other side of town in pouring down rain. And I had yes. to go to the gym because that's one of the things that helps me be a better me and come back and shower and get ready to leave to take her to be at work by eight o'clock. So that was stressful. So I was coming in off, off all that. And I just come off of an hour board meeting right before we come. On. <laughs> there was, it was a good board meeting, but you know, it's always stressful yes. just leading up to. Um, so yes, I was feeling a little flustered and scattered coming into it, but I'm leaving feeling refreshed, renewed, mm. and excited for the future. Yay. So I would hope, I would just, anybody that's listening, it's just amazing what happens when two people connect in a really just genuine 
way. I believe God is always right there just showing up. So yay till the next episode. Till the next episode. This has been Idiopod. Uh, like, hey! rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Um, let's, let's share this together and build a community around.